0: marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com
1: the following is a presentation of the Bellip sports media network
0: welcome on in to the batting order be a one-stop shop for baseball content i am lj lafira Alongside me, I've got Brandon Keram. We are a belly-up sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how are you this fine Monday?
1: LJ, doing good. Uh, last week of classes has started here at wonderful Syracuse University. Uh, we're in grind season right now. Just really want to make it through, but doing good. LJ, uh, things are pretty stressful up there for you as well. I'm assuming.
0: Oh, it's been, it's been quite the week, but yeah, we're getting there. It's funny with the way things have set up for me, because I've got a bunch of stuff due like f- between Friday and tomorrow. And then I have a bunch of stuff due Wednesday, Thursday, next week. In the middle there, there's a huge lull.
1: Which so, is nice to just be able to do whatever.
0: I mean, yes, it's more a matter of, you know, don't want to get complacent there, but mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to, you know, getting that little bit of a breather here in the coming day or so. Either way, who didn't have a breather? Baseball. As baseball has been in full swing. Now we are, oh gosh, we are three weeks in? Right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. really like th- almost four. Right. Thursday will be four. Yeah.
0: So you know at this point everybody everybody knows what they're doing everybody's into the routine and we are playing real real baseball right now and to start that up let's get into our little weekend roundup here there were quite a few lopsided series and lopsided games throughout this weekend brandon which beating was worst this weekend
1: i'm going to take one where Maybe the stats don't necessarily show that it was the worst, but I really want to talk about this team. How about the Pirates sweeping the Reds in four games? The Reds only combine for six runs across those four games. Uh, Really bad showing from Cincinnati. But how about these Pittsburgh Pirates, LJ? Most wins in the National League right now with 16. And so... Most wins in the National League. A plus 25 run differential, which for Pittsburgh, I can't remember the last time they were positive at any point during the season. Uh, They won seven in a row, LJ. Pitching so good. And yeah, sure, you might be saying, okay, well, they just beat up on the Reds. LJ, this is a team that... Uh, is four and two against teams that are above 500 right now and is nine and four on the road i was saying the other day you play good on the road it makes things a lot easier for you during those home games so not good for the reds who have dropped six in a row and fall to last in the nl central but how about the pirates right now best win percentage in the national league in 16 and
0: 7 yeah, and you know, it's it's legit. We're not talking about the best team in the National League. We're talking about the second best team in baseball. We're talking about the fifth best run differential in baseball, I believe. And they're, they're just rolling. We've known that there should have been some talent, especially in this uh, lineup, for quite some time. Just kind of hoping eventually it'll click and everybody will get rolling. And it feels like they have here. This is definitely something to be excited about if you're in Pittsburgh. Who knows how long this lasts? I mean, realistically, do we expect this to be a top 10 pitching staff the rest of the year, Brandon? No, we don't. I I find it unlikely. But this, either way, this lineup, no matter what, throughout the rest of the year, should be at least fun. They should be able to at least keep games interesting like they have, and they've definitely earned this result. Absolutely. Well, talking about bad beats this week, how about this absolute beating? The Rangers put on the Oakland Athletics Saturday night. 18-3 to was the final score. The Rangers beat the A's. Brandon's boy, Andrew Heaney, throws six innings, five hits, two earned with four strikeouts. Those earned runs really didn't matter as Fujinami gives up eight earned runs in the the first three innings.
1: He has been awful, LJ. Like, the whole, every start, not good.
0: He's down to 0-4 with a 14.40 ERA.
1: It's, of course, Oakland finally signs a guy from, like, the Japanese league. And it's like, oh, like, he's going to be really good.
0: Yeah. It's the most horrendous um, contribution from Japan we've had in a while right now is the performance that he's putting together. That's not to say it's forever. But certainly, what we've seen right now, this. I can't remember a guy struggling this much after coming over internationally. But anyway, this is just, this is obscene. This is an obscene scoreline here, 18 to 3 for April. It's one thing, too, for it to be early April, because I feel like we see a lot more of those. I believe actually the A's did it to the Astros at one point, didn't they, last year? Where, or two years ago, maybe? Two years ago where they just absolutely beat their doors down in, like, the second week. Like, it was the Monday-Wednesday Monday Wednesday series of that second, the first full week. And at that point, everybody's kind of feeling everybody out, including their own team. And so you're going to see a lot of weird scores. At this point, we shouldn't be seeing these types of weird scores. This is really bad. And what's worse is what this situation dropped them to as they now sit at 4-18 and 18 through 22 games, I am not sure on the through 22 games mark, but their minus 100 run differential was the worst in Major League Baseball history through 21 games. This is, this is a tough, tough situation to be in if you're a fan and you're trying to watch this team. I, I wouldn't want to be in it. I, I wouldn't be able to put myself through it at this point, frankly, because it's just – it's pathetic. Minus 103 runs – And we're not a month into the season. They have been worse than Tampa has been better. We talked about this on Thursday, them being worse than Tampa has been better. But it gets gets to be a larger gap by the day.
1: Yeah. And I like to do this fun little thing where I take what the run uh, differential is and I divide it by the amount of games that the team has played. So it's like, okay, an average game, (laughs) what is Oakland doing? Oh, no losing by 4.68 runs oh. on a, just an average game also with so
0: basically what you're saying here for context like if somebody's having trouble judging that number you're not going to see the back four guys in a team's bullpen every single game on average if you're oakland
1: yeah, yeah.
0: theoretically you- your back three guys probably shouldn't maybe two guys shouldn't ever see the field if you're oakland
1: uh, and LJ, to, to uh, add on to what you were saying, you're right. So it was the worst run run differential by a team in MLB history through 21 games. So they were minus 100. Second place was the 1988 Baltimore Orioles. We talked about them on the live stream. They started off the season 0 and 21 or 0 and 22, something like that. LJ, they were only at minus 85. So unless they lost by 15 or really 18 would have tied them through 22 games um yeah oakland is gonna it's gonna be worse through 22 23 probably all the way up to 30 if the stretch keeps going like this they they have a chance now worst run run differential ever is gonna be really tough because there was some of those teams in the 20s and 30s that like they were owned by the same owner that owned another team. They were just trading away everyone. It was, it was really bad, but
0: what, but what have they done differently here?
1: But, I, no, fair enough. But I mean, like this was like, you know, when the talent gap was much, much wider compared to what it is now. Um, <laughs> that is a great point though. Um, well, Historically bad is, is pretty, uh, Pretty reasonable here, especially when the second place team for negative run differential is Colorado with minus 54.
0: I I just want to impress again, not to beat a dead horse with these poor Oakland fans, but when is it getting better? Because it's just not. You've got the worst pitching staff in baseball. I think at this point, you know, we talk about sample size, but at least current on current form and by talent level, this is the worst Pitching staff in baseball, they're backing it up with the worst starter ERA, the worst reliever ERA, the worst starter and reliever whip, like split, obviously together, but also split both of these. They're also the worst in terms of walk percentage on both and hits from they're giving up the most hits from their starters and home runs from their starters in the entire league so far. And so I'll add on to this. By throwing out the idea, okay, they gotta luck into a couple here that'll turn this tide around, and they'll eventually, you know, reel things back in and get adding up. <clears throat> next thing you know, not be in looking at such a bad position. But let's say we get a Kyle Muller gem. Honestly, I think he's probably the most maybe J P Sears.
1: No, uh, Mason Miller is gonna be him. I'm telling you, L J. Okay. Mason Miller. Buy stock into him. He looked really good the other day, he was pumping over a hundred multiple times in his outing. Big Mason Miller guy right here. You're,
0: looking you're, gonna, you're gonna have to cut that clip, Brandon.
1: Oh yeah. No, I'm buying a lot of stock into this kid. Like we're 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 going to the broker and we're saying we want this is our this is our long shot right here. Love straight cash
0: yeah, me. But great. let's say Kyle Miller, Kyle Miller. Mason Miller, you probably have to string a couple of these guys together to get into that situation. Let's say they throw an absolute gem. They do, you know, seven, eight innings, one earned. Are we sure? Like, there, it feels like a crapshoot that if they get that gem, they're going to succeed on it. Like, it almost feels like, you know how the Mets used to, like, just take the day off every time that Jacob DeGrom was on the mound?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It feels like like that type of situation with Oakland, except it's every single pitcher. That's how this offense is kind of operating. I don't think that they could step up in that situation. Brandon, this has run a little longer than we were thinking it was going to. So I guess we're going to only get to one answer from each of us. Is that okay with you?
1: Totally fine.
0: All right. It looks like you're, are you choking up?
1: No, no.
0: Do you need it's to sad. take you, Brandon? No, I'm good. <laughs> now up to bat. Did Scherzer get the time for the crime? Max Scherzer just received a 10-game suspension from the league for a substance on his hand, some issue with his rosin over the last week. Brandon, did Scherzer get the time for the crime?
1: This is tough for me. I I think, sorry, I think given these circumstances, I'm going to say yes because they had to set a precedent for this. So basically, what happened? Max Scherzer and LJ, correct me at any point if I'm getting a detail wrong here because it, it is important for this stuff. Oh. Yes.
0: Never mind. Okay. Okay. I was about to say we had breaking news, but then it didn't make sense, and then I read the rest of the tweet. Uh, Jackson Holliday is moving from low A to high A. It's not as big a news as I thought it would. be. Oh,
1: okay. I was gonna say that would that be fast? Um, it would okay,
0: be, it was being silly event. That's why I read it again.
1: <laughs> Max Scherzer, LJ, was pitching the other yes. day. He, I, w-
0: I would hope he wouldn't get caught for sitting in the bull- sitting yes. in the uh, dugout with this going on.
1: Okay, was pitching. He came off the mound. Phil Cuzzy said that he had too much rosin on his his hand and his glove or whatever. Rosin is legal, by the way. So Scherzer went and washed his hands. Okay. And washed them with alcohol, some kind of alcohol, because that gets the rosin off of your hands better. It disinfects them better, whatever. Scherzer then came back out to pitch for the next inning and put rosin on his hand. And because there was alcohol on his hand, the rosin became significantly stickier than what it normally is. Scherzer pitched, came off the mound. Phil Cuzzy, looked at the, the umpire, looked at his glove and felt his hand. And he said, no, like that's way too sticky. That doesn't feel like rosin. Like that feels way too sticky. You have it's a substance that we deem to be too sticky. We're allowed to throw you out of the game for that. You're gone. And I'm pretty sure. So I shouldn't have said set a precedent at the beginning of this segment, but the other two guys that got the. uh, Ejected for having illegal substance on them. I'm pretty sure they also got suspended. uh,
0: And
1: remind people who those were um i forget who was the goes. i don't guy? remember oh, hector santiago of the mariners and caleb smith of the diamondbacks no suspensions were handed out last year but it was reported in february the league was planning to further crack down this year okay so yeah that's what happened scherzer got a 10 game suspension For doing that i mean if the alcohol really did make it sticky and uh, david cone did something on sunday night baseball last night that showed kind of a demonstration of how it can become really sticky uh then yeah he cheated like it's not necessarily his fault but you can't be out there with stuff that's way too sticky on your hand uh that's the whole point of the rules Now,
0: no and again i think because and it's because the mets in this situation are technically, even if unintentionally, technically at fault. I don't feel for them if they'd gotten this wrong. I like the fact that they're rejecting on suspicion just because, you know, if you let him go, you're like, oh, I don't think this is anything bad, so I'll just let you keep going. And he ends up putting together a great outing that cost the other side the game, and then it did end up being something. There's no going back from that, but at least he put himself in a position where this would be the issue, be an issue. Frankly, I'm going to say, no, he didn't get the time for the crime because it's felt like the time for the crime hasn't been anything. Brandon, if you were going to do this whole cracking down on the sticky stuff, everything it a should have happened right from the beginning and B should be happening with everyone. I feel like we've gotten a lot of questionable checks. If you're having a check guy for more than a minute and a half, there, there's there's probably something there there's something going on there and I'm not going to point out the whole Domingo Herman situation or anything like that directly but I just feel like as much as we're talking about a couple guys getting suspended Max Scherzer was the only one uh, only name of note that you said there like there have been bigger guys that I think have ha- we've seen so far this year have kind of dust ups with the checks and nothing come of it That could be because they were innocent and it was just taking long for who knows why. But I don't necessarily think they're actually, I don't honestly believe them when they say that they're trying to police this stuff. I don't believe them when they say they're doing anything for the best of the competitive nature of the sport anymore. So at the end of the day, it feels more like people are getting away with it. And Scherzer just happened to be the random guy that they decided, okay, let's make the example, rather than actually cracking down on it like they should.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can. I agree with that. Um, also, I think because the Domingo Hermann stuff, which was kind of similar to this situation, because that happened before the Scherzer incident, and then Scherzer, you know, what what transpired, uh, I think that maybe the league was saying, okay, like we need to make this actually clear now. Um, but you you are probably right. Maybe there should have been some time handed out in the past, but, um, yeah, just another wrinkle with like LJ. I was at the Yankee game yesterday. Let me tell you with the pitch clock. I mean, awesome. Awesome. For the fan experience. I have no problems with it whatsoever.
0: Uh, Overall, how was the rest of your trip?
1: It was good. Um, you know, I thought that, uh, it was nice to just kind of get away for a weekend, but, uh, seeing the Yankees just get shut down by Kevin Gaussman really just topped it off for me. So,
0: Yeah. And again, to touch on the pitch clock there, I I have to hundred percent agree having been to two of them now, it's just, it is a more enjoyable fan experience while you're there. You know, maybe could it suffer or make the home quality suffer? That's up for debate. And it's depending on what you're looking for out of baseball. But I think if you're in, the stadium, you want to see baseball happening when you're looking for baseball. And this provides that. Speaking of a guy who's looking for baseball, the Red Sox have a little bit of situation going on in their rotation as they've been running six guys out there. Um, it's really been kind of a, you know, piecemeal rotation of late as they're trying to bring back in Garrett Whitlock, Brian Bello, Bale, excuse me. <clears throat> And you already have guys jumping around like Cutter Crawford, Tanner Houck, uh, Chris Sale, all these guys already in there. They've been running a six-man, but it looks like after Thursday, once they hit their off day later this week, they're going to jump back to a five-man. And the rumors currently are that it would be Tanner Houck as the one who would be called back to the bullpen and is only in line for his next start assuming he is not needed out of the bullpen sooner than that so brandon do you think Hauk should be the one who's the odd man out
1: no no he's you could argue you could put together a little case that tanner hawk has been the best pitcher on this red sox staff uh this season especially from the starter standpoint he's thrown the most innings out of any guy uh he has the best era out of the six guys in contention and i picked him up in fantasy the other day and he went off for me and brandon needs points i need points i finally got a win last night uh thank you at garcia let me just tell you what a game the other day lj anyways um
0: what a game you you weren't the uh recipient of the yoshida game yesterday
1: no I wasn't um
0: I was but,
1: but yeah LJ he's he's been the best pitcher on the Red Sox this season he has and to just move him to the bullpen because he's done it in the past I get it but for whatever reason Chris Sale has never had to take any accountability for just how terrible he's been pitching I mean I'm not saying move him to the bullpen because he would throw a fit about it and complain but um
0: I was going to say, I would actually go with Kluber before I would go with Sale to the bullpen. Yeah. Um, especially seeing Sale has had back-to-back good starts. Like, he's starting to kind of, you know, cruise a little bit here. So I think you you don't want to kill that hot streak. Wait, I know... The-
1: why? Why Garrett Whitlock? Like he was so good in twenty twenty one coming out of the bullpen, and now all of a sudden you guys are just trying to force him into into being a starter. Like what? they're adamant.
0: They're adamant. This guy's got starter potential, man. And if you have starter potential, you have to be a starter. Heaven forbid you be the eighth, ninth inning save guy or the seventh, eighth. He was inning so good guy. in
1: twenty twenty one. Like really good.
0: If you let this guy go as your basically your third guy out of the bullpen his flexibility is tremendous because or like your third top guy in a perfect world you have a closer you have your eighth inning guy and you have garrett whitlock and that garrett whitlock can cover multi a single inning he can cover a multi-inning save if you want to rest or need to rest the other two guys or he can be that first guy out and give you an inning or two after his flexibility there in the bullpen is tremendous, but I've basically given up on that dream because they just refu- they refuse to see it. The guy I bring out here is Pavetta because once again, he hasn't given you anything. He's going to give you a couple hot stretches here, but it's not moving the needle. But back on the Tanner Houck line here, and the reason I bring up Pavetta is because that is the other option that they are still considering, according to sources. <laughs> but back on Houck, I would feel so terrible if he actually ends up being the guy who moves back into the bullpen now because he has done everything you'd ask him to. Brandon, right off the stats here, it also is worth noting, too, his expected ERA is way quite a bit lower at 3.59 than his current ERA. And so he's giving you everything he you could ask of him. He's giving him you everything he should be asked to do. So, why are you, you know, disincentivizing his work here by not keeping him in here? Further, if he gets sent out, it's on the Red Sox, and I believe this wholly because they put him in situations to fail. Yes, he does have twenty one innings. I'm not sure why he has twenty one innings. We know statistically that this is a guy who really struggles. That third time through the order and so if this is a guy who truly struggles the third time through the order why do you keep testing him that isn't a reason to move a guy to a bullpen the fact that he can't go long that's just a guy maybe you have to plan a little bit more around in your rotation and so in my eyes just because he fails there doesn't mean you should keep pushing him into it doesn't mean you should keep ballooning his era because you know we're probably talking about him being sub four right now, which does make a difference in this conversation. Had they not tried to push him seven in that last outing, When against uh, Minnesota where, you know, he gets through easy, easily gets through the first two times through, and then starts to get hit, hit around a little bit in the fifth, gets out of it with just one run. Seventh gives up a two run bomb, gets put, gets out of the inning and that's the end of his day. But there was no reason for him to go, go back out there after the fifth. You got him through five. That's all all you really needed him to do. That's all he really should be, at least at this stage in his career. Just let him do what he does well, and the team's going to be successful. It, it's agonizing.
1: Yeah, he's a, he's a legit five-pitch pitcher also, according to Baseball Savant. Like, actually throws five pitches. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, look. Some of these expected stats are not good, like the average exit velocity in that. But I look at the whiff percentage of eighty percent. I see the expected ERA in the sixty fourth percentile. Um, I was
0: gonna say exit velocity doesn't mean anything if they're not finding the bat,
1: right? And like, look at the expected batting average is is above average. The K percentage is above average. Uh, there's a lot of like good stuff here for a guy that is three and zero and like LJ said gets put in tough spots he still has a whip under 1.25 and whether how much you like whip or not I, i'm seeing that he's allowing about a base runner per inning and then two base runners every four innings like that's not bad LJ i'll take that guy uh quite a bit out there uh especially when he's got some some strikeout stuff so he's also built like a pitcher LJ i mean he's huge like he is he is a big guy so I don't know. We'll see how it works out of the bullpen if if that ends up being what they do or but
0: And again it worked out well last year. I just feel like again of all the guys to be putting back there oh because he does it well he does this better or just as good. Let him ride. Let your best your best starter, not your best pitcher, but your best starter, let him ride. If we're ready to wrap things up here for today's show, we've got one more topic here as we have people from other sports getting into this Oakland Athletics conversation here as ownership of the Raiders' Mark Davis climbs in on the athletics moving to Las Vegas and basically just rips them, rips them a new one about how they, I believe the exact Quote is, they just fucked with Oakland when it comes to stadium negotiation. I don't think, or maybe I should, because baseball can be a niche sport, especially in other markets and other parts of the world. This guy is one of the biggest jokes of ownership in the NFL. How embarrassed should Oakland be that he is the one sitting on the moral high ground and best practices in this situation?
1: LJ. LJ. I mean, first of all, they should be really embarrassed just in general, but who who is he to talk about not treating stadium negotiations fairly? I mean, you he practically ran them out of Oakland also to get them to Vegas as well. He he doesn't have he if, if anyone's gonna I mean, come on, bud, like you can't. Like you you can't be saying that he is right, it's just yeah, it's,
0: but I think coming he can. from
1: him, LJ. I mean, he did practically the same thing, same stadium, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I feel like he can though, because it's significantly worse. Like he did it a hundred percent, but it's not nearly as bad as the way that Oakland's gone about it, it's not as overt, was well, certainly not as overt as Oakland's done it. Like, they've taken what he did, that platform. And they've built three stories upon upon it. And so that's why it's so embarrassing is the fact that you have the same, a person who did the exact same thing as you did, but somehow handled it better where he handles nothing.
1: Yeah. And Oakland, I mean, I guess the A's, it it looks the worst just because look, you already lost the Warriors to San Francisco. You already lost the Raiders uh, and now all of a sudden it's like damn the A's are like the only thing that we have left and now they're gone and who knows how long um LJ you see the thing the A's said that they are trying to sign an agreement with the Las Vegas like the the triple-a stadium there and that's where they play their home games like as soon as possible like they don't know if it'd be next year or 2025 uh, but they want to, they want to be playing there before they even have a stadium like fully, and they would opt to play at a A stadium, where I still don't think that they would sell that place out.
0: Oh, I disagree. They would. I stand by the. Oh fact yeah, because
1: the tourists, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: stand by the fact that if you put professional sports in Vegas, it's going to sell out because it does. If you if you had the option to go to a baseball game while you were out in Vegas betting and everything, would you go, Brandon? Yes. Thank you. My my, my case is solved. If I asked any random person, especially one that I know likes sports, if they want to go see just any baseball game, doesn't matter. Like, if I asked them if they wanted to go see Tigers A's while they were in Vegas, they'd say, "Sure, why not?" It will sell out from their perspective they 100% should want to leave as early as possible because it gives less time for people to be mad and less time for people to protest and less time for the PR nightmare that happens every single time a team moves. Except, you know, honestly, I think the only team that didn't have that nightmare was the Warriors because they were just moving across the bay. Like,
1: yeah, it, it was, was more like, like, it was more like they were willing. More to like, hey, we're building a new stadium. Yeah, it was like, hey, we're going to build a new stadium. It's just not going to be, you know, in in the same city. It's going to be in, like, the, the rival city across this little body of water. But, um, yeah, but we're okay. really it's, good. It's, to it. Yeah, we're a dynasty, so you're going to support us regardless. Thanks, Bob. Meyer. Yeah,
0: like, realistically, if you make the move from Oakland to San Francisco, no one's going to walk away. Or very few people are going to walk away because – you're still just as accessible to them as you always have been or basically as accessible, except maybe possibly in a nicer area, only slightly. But yeah, you want to avoid the PR nightmare of moving to a new city. And so the less time you give people to create that, the better. But Lee cannot allow this to happen because it would just look so poor. So, so poor. But Brandon, do you have anything else to add before we wrap up?
1: No, I don't think so. We'll be back Wednesday, LJ, right?
0: Yes, sir. Next show, Wednesday, April 26th. We will see you then.